Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The imbalance history of rock and roll goes one step beyond. Well, we went the imbalance time machine for sure this week. Yeah. Are you ready to steer us back to a time when Ska came back? I am very ready to steer us back there. But first, we have to visit post-World War II London. They were bombed hard by the Germans. The economy was in shambles. The Crown offered false promises to get people from all over the Empire and the Commonwealth to come help rebuild England. They made promises of riches. You'll make enough money to be able to move back home and buy a bigger house. Not mentioning the fact that the trip home would be so much more expensive. Mm -hmm. But what it did is it made these strong communities of poor Irish Caribbean Islanders, East Indian, Pakistani, Asian. Come on. And because of that, you had the rich culture of food and music all interacting. And these white kids that were living in Coventry in these big mixed communities were listening to the Caribbean Island music, the reggae, the ska, the rock steady. And as we've learned from the 50s and 60s white British musicians, white British kids tend to grow gravitate towards black music from the Americas and beyond. They seem to really like that sound and that feel and that energy. And that includes the blues as well. So... All of this leads up to what we're calling the Two-Tone Revolution. All about Two-Tone Records and the ska revival. Sprouting out of England, the original ska music came from Jamaica. It was club music, not unlike the music of England, starting with the Two-Tone Revolution. And you know this history well. I was a college DJ playing a lot of this stuff on the radio, but didn't know till later that it wasn't London, that it was Coventry that really was the epicenter of all this. Yeah, because of the mixed neighborhood and the fact that there were so many West Indian or Caribbean Islanders that their music really moved over, but you had that because it was all part of the British Empire. So they had the access through the imports and the exports, and that was one of those things that the Americas didn't see quite as much at that point yet until a few people had moved over to New Orleans from the islands and had started importing the records, and then it spread from there. But that's a different episode. We're in England now, (laughs) and uh, you know, you have these kids 
growing up with these first generation British kids and those rich influences all intermixing and all living and trying to live in a peaceful world while you see the rise of the national front and nationalism because of the results of World War II and the economy and the disenfranchised youth and all of that. But then in Coventry, you see harmony and racial equality and peace and love and, you know, uniformity, but not uniformity. I had tried early on when we were first looking at this to remember what it was or what the entry point was for the ska music of Jamaica, the Scottalites, the Ethiopians. These are bands that uh, were Jamaican favorites and how they all ended up getting there and, and, and specifically all getting into the ears and minds of young people from the country, from the Midlands in Coventry, right? Mm -hmm. And the answer is the fact that British Empire connections still existed, even though the empire was no longer all 100% connected. And ska music brought from Jamaica and the islands that were British was shared in towns like Coventry and areas like Coventry. And that allowed the seed of what became the two-tone revolution. A lot of the bands started right there. Tell us about that. You had bands like The Specials. Jerry Dammers really, in so many ways, is the godfather of the ska revival because of the two-tone right. label that he formed in 79. But in 77, he formed a band called the Coventry Automatics. And the reason he did is because a few years earlier, he was at a show watching his older brother's funk soul band play. And the sound guy before the band was playing was dancing all crazy to Prince Buster's Al Capone. Al Capone guns don't argue. And it was a sound that Jerry Dammers had never heard before, and it blew his mind. And at 10 years old, Jerry Dammers had said that he was going to be in a band, and that's what he wanted to do. So he knew where he was going. His brothers were in bands. So he was doing what he loved. And in 77, he formed the Coventry Automatics, which became the specials, along with... Uh, and that's where I first heard of this kind of music, because of the specials. And Selector, too. Selector, the specials, the English Beat and Madness were really the forefront of yeah. the ska revolution. And then Jerry Dammers in 79 started Two-Tone Records, and they blew up really quickly and faded really quickly. But it was basically Jerry Dammers and Neil Davies who later left the Coventry Automatics to form the Selector. Bassist Horace Panther, who was also known as Horse the Gentleman. They also had Silverton right. Hutchinson on drums and Tim Street. Strickland on vocals, but his style was a Lou Reed conversational style that did not fit with the music. Could you imagine Lou Reed vocals under a fast dancing ska groove? That sounds so weird to me. So they added Roddy Radiation and Linville Golding on guitars, and not only did that really pump up their sound, it made them truly an interracial band, which was super rare in London at that time. Because 
because yeah. of the racial separation, the, the rise of the National Front and things like that that we talked about because we're in the mid-70s. You have punk rock stewing and brewing and growing. Right. And then you have this thing that's opposite punk rock that calls for, hey, let's not fight. Let's fucking dance and solve our differences by dancing and listening to music together and having conversation. After their vocalist left, Terry Hall, a 17-year-old kid, joined the band after he had been with a punk band and his vocal style fit perfectly and then they added uh, Neville Staples on toasting vocals and the band was pretty complete at that time. when Jerry Dammers talked Bernie Rhodes into letting the specials open up for The Clash even though he had never heard wow. them before. And Bernie Rhodes went with it because of the fact that he couldn't believe that this was a band of kids that were both black and white playing together. And it kind of blew him away. But he knew the brilliance of it, too, at the same time. When you say he couldn't believe it, was it because they were that different for the time or because he was either for or against it? I don't get the reference. I think it was the surprise because the punk bands, the Clash, were all white. The Sex Pistols were all white. And even the British kids that were influenced by the African-American music around the world were all white. So I think that it was a surprise to him in that way. It, it's obvious that the Clash were very against racism because they headlined that rock against racism. You put that, what you're saying right there, and you put it next to the fact that it comes out of Coventry, and it all starts to make more sense why there was a two-tone, why there was a two-tone label and a two-tone revolution. Mm-hmm. But it also was a fad. And what happens with fads is they come and they go, they fade. And the fact is, the influence of Two-Tone has continued through the years. There are songs, there are albums by artists. I'm looking at the main conspirators here. Mm. And on my screen, as far as, you know, the specials and the selector and Madness and the Beat, and I call them the Beat, even though they had to add English to their name and Bad Manners. And, And I wanted to talk about them for a second. But I'm looking at all that and I'm saying, you made a difference, you made a mark. Music trends come and go. But what I've noticed is, and this is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about on this episode of The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, is that what they did collectively led to more activity and the continued thrust of ska music being infused into the music of youth, moving forward into the 80s and beyond with bands like Sublime and Fishbone and Real Big Fish. And that ends up leading to the 90s New York scene, and that ends up leading to other scenes and other labels even though two-tone didn't make it to the mid-90s and beyond they didn't get that far oh no but but what they picked up and ran with continued to gain momentum forward with bands like the mighty boss tones too
And in Philly, you had, like I mentioned, New York had an offshoot, and there were bands from New York. In Philly, it took the form of the Hooters. If you went to see the Hooters in the early days in Philadelphia, it was full Rankin Rogers speed type mm-hmm. ska music. A lot of the songs, a couple of which ended up making it onto their Amore album, but in a lot of the songs that never made it to albums, including their first single, Man in the Street. a lot of play on MMR and from local support to help propel them. But there's ska music injecting itself into the Philly rock scene and in other scenes around the country, including that article by the New York Times from 1995 that I was looking at about the scene in the 90s there, that percolating of the scene and ska music. So even though two-tone per se might have faded, the scene continues and the music has continued to go and grow. Oh, absolutely. Bands like Scavuvi and the Epitones in the 90s. 90s were all influenced by that big two-tone wave of music that was brought to us because of the first wave of ska music from the islands. So we've seen it evolve. And even in like bands like My Chemical Romance or Good Charlotte, you know, some of those poppy punk bands, you hear the ska guitars in some of their tunes because it gives it that real dancey, moving, fast beat. And you hear it and you feel it in some of that music as well. You hear it cross over in a lot of genres. I want to talk about the crossing over the genres and the moving forward of this whole thing because ska music not only moves me to my core it fascinates the fuck out of me brother but we gotta stop for a beer because even in the heat of Jamaica back at the origins of ska music brother you got to stop for a red stripe but we're going to Crooked Eye where it's thick and frosty and tasty (laughs) well we're bouncing into the new year and there's always a lot going on at Crooked Eye Brewery right there in the heart of Hatboro, York and Montgomery A great place to go and get the finest brews in the Philadelphia area. Right, Marcus? Yes, they are. And if you like a dark beer, this is the season for something like their Black Eyed Stout. Fantastic. My favorite of all their beers, even though I've tried many of them. Go right into the brew pub right there in the heart of Hatboro and see what's on the board. Take a taste of the stout or anything else and uh, take some home with you, even if you're staying for a pint. And the entertainment's coming back, too. Tony Washington and the Tuesday Night Blues Jam has been starting to happen again a lot more things happening in real time live in the pub and also sent out via the uh, the Facebook page for Crooked Eye Brewery live entertainment returning to Crooked Eye as we get closer and closer to full normal resume at some point and whatever's going on with that you can find out on their social media especially on Facebook Crooked Eye Brewery a great place a neighborhood joint so to speak Hepper you're so lucky because you can just take a walk over anytime and grab a pint of Crooked Eye. I'm jealous. I got to drive. <laughs> <laughs> and if you mention the imbalanced history of rock and roll, you get a free 10-ouncer. It's like a big taster. Hello, may I please have my free 10-ouncer because I listen to the imbalanced history of rock and roll. And we thank Crooked Eye Brewery for their support. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. It's the two-tone revolution on the imbalanced history of rock and roll. You subtitled this episode A Checkered History. Why do you say A Checkered History? Partially because of the fact that it is the Rude Boy logo. You also have the two-tone checkers that promote unity amongst people. So it's literal. It's not like, you know, figurative like, yeah, man, we had a lot of trouble. That's why we have a checkered pass. You're just talking about the way the checkered... uh, uh, pattern fit into the whole thing because it was crazy, man. Everybody had their pork pie hats and their and their their peg suits, right? But the real yeah. tight pants, right? But the yeah. short cuffs, white yeah. socks, and always wearing like the, the shades. They were all wearing wayfarers, very fair. Uh, all of them, including a lot of the women. And there are a lot of women in the picture. Yeah. Which brings me around to something I wanted to talk to you about. You turned me on to this uh, dance craze movie, oh. the, the Chrysalis Records, home of a lot of bands that were you know punkers and rockers and some. Some of the ska bands ended up there. They put out a movie about it called Dance Craze, and it's pretty cool because I see a lot of women on stage, including the Body Snatchers. who is on stage front and center for the Body Snatchers showing an amazing resemblance to Amy Winehouse. So there's all kinds. I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. like, did she see this band like when she was a kid? The hairdo, the presence, the way she approached everything. And it covered a lot of the bands we're talking about. Bad manners is in that thing, and if they get their nickname uh, appropriately there. (laughs) 
and 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 some of your favorites because I know how much Dave Wakeling means from a previous episode where we talked about that and seeing him in his youthful prime on stage underlines why he's your favorite singer of the 80s. definitely one of my favorite singers of the 80s and they were great the whole movie dance craze is amazing i remember when it came out and watching it on vhs with my friends and really just enjoying the hell out of the music and one of the things about the body snatchers which we'll get into a little bit more is they were an all-female band in Uh a league of boys for the most part except for of course you have the selector which had pauline black doing vocals alongside somebody else in the band and she was the main vocalist of the band as uh, Neil was the main songwriter for the band and that caused a split down the line and we'll get into their histories as well but they found success with the selector with Madness who had gotten together in 76 up in uh, North London doing the same thing a bunch of Irish kids and I don't think people realize that post World War II because of the tension between the Brits and the Irish the Irish were treated as second class citizens just like everybody else that wasn't Native Protestant, you know, Londoners. Everybody Same else. Same old is, shite. Yep. And these Irish kids were blown away by the fact that a band of white and black kids were doing the exact same thing that they did. And then after talking to Jerry Dammers, after seeing the specials in The Clash, Suggs was like, Jerry Dammers came up to me and said, I'm going to be starting the Motown label of London and we're going to have ska bands on it as well. And Madness ended up becoming part of that label for a short while and he formed the label and Dance Craze was the big promo piece to show how great the label was and I'm so glad you got to see it and I'm glad we found it on YouTube because the music is fantastic you see how good those bands were live they were all dancing around with the crowd you could see the crowd feeling the music the way they did and it really was uh, fascinating and one of the things that I found very interesting and maybe it explains why Ska in this incarnation the two-tone incarnation only lasted a short while is because it was extremely political, extremely political and very upset with the system and recognizing revolutionary change David Wakeling, and I'm paraphrasing him, said, here's another song about unemployment and it got old for people after a while and you could see the vibe of music changing and as we look into the 80s and the mid 80s and the late 80s even alternative music changed and it became more romantic with bands like Duran Duran and Spando Ballet and even the police were romantic in so many ways in the mid-80s before they called it quits. The Cure was very romanticized. New Order even in that sort of nerdy way. So the alternative vibe was changing and people were getting tired of the politics. And I think that was one of the things that helped lead to the decline of Two-Tone. Two thoughts on what you were just saying. A lot of that is very informative to people because I don't think everybody knows. In addition to everything you just said, one of the things that 
I learned both from a while back, but also from watching Dance Craze. This music was live rock and roll music. It was a scene where people went multiple nights a week to the clubs, and there wasn't a DJ, even when they actually had vinyl to play. There wasn't a DJ. It was a band, and it was all these bands that we're talking about and more performing in the clubs, and that's how a scene really starts to come together when you've got live bands giving you the main source for what it is you want. And there is a similarity between the London scene of the late 70s and early 80s and Jamaica where ska music found its roots. It was about live enjoyment and performance and later about records. And the other thing is part of the reason that all this happens where two-tone kind of diminishes is because of what Wakeling is saying and because of the fact that the musicians themselves began to change. The Clash began to incorporate ska elements in some of their music. And then Mick peels off and he goes with Wakeling and uh, Rankin Roger and Horace and, and they start General Public. Really the first ska supergroup, if you want to think of it as that. <laughs> and they kind of forge their own territory, all from this little bunch of kids from Coventry gone down to London to see what they can make of themselves. And they really got Mick Jones caught up in it for a while in general public. So these are the things that I'm seeing as I'm looking into it and thinking about this music that you know so well and dig so deeply into yeah. here. You know, if you want to break down some of these bands and talk a little bit about them, I'd be more than happy to because the fire burned bright for a short period, but it really burned hard too. And just the dance aspect and the moving and the grooving aspect of it really carried forward. And even though a lot of these bands were split up and on to other things by the mid to late 80s, you still heard some of the music in the alternative clubs when you would be dancing to the 80s music. Songs like Nightclub and Concrete Jungle oh, yeah, would, that's always be, that. would always be up and about on the dance floor. We'd always be out dancing to them and hearing them at the 80s alternative nights. The specials in that song specifically, Concrete Jungle, stood out in the uh, movie that we were watching, Dance Craze, for the edgy guitar, which was not part of the Jamaican sound of ska. And that's where a big important, that's why I'm jumping in here, because it's an important area of differentiation between the English version of what was happening then and where it came from originally. They made their own way with it. And in some ways, the specials Concrete Jungle is the epitome of the dance craze that we're talking about here on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. digress, as we often do here mm -hmm. on the podcast. Let me ask you something, because this speaks to what you, you want to discuss. Some of these bands are still notorious. You know, we're talking about them, the Specials and Selector and Madness, and maybe some of the others not so much. What band from that period do you think got neglected, if you can say that, in the long term uh, that people need to go and listen to and discover or rediscover? There are two bands that you should consider that maybe 
got overlooked. Even though they're two of the biggies in the two-tone label, the Selector got some radio play, but not a lot. That first album of theirs, Too Much Pressure, is so good with songs like James Bond, On Your Radio, Three Minute Hero. The uh, Body Snatchers, an all-female band doing the ska thing and playing really well. Had a couple of hits in London. Let's do the Rock Steady, which hit number 22. Life, which hit number 50, and the B-side of that, Too Experienced. And then they also had a song called Ruder Than You, which you should check out. The lead vocalist of the Body Snatchers, her name is Rhoda Dakar. And after the Body Snatchers broke up, a few of them left to form the Bell Stars. She did a duet on the second specials record, More Specials, with Terry Hall called I Can't Stand It. And then after Terry, Neville, and Linville left the specials to form the Fun Boy 3, Rhoda stepped in and did some vocals for the special, a.k.a. post Terry Hall at the front of the band. She is one of the big influencers and one of the big players in the alternative ska punk scene in London at that time period. And women had such a huge role in changing rock and roll at that time, kind of like Tina Weymouth, Debbie Harry, and a few others did over on this side of the pond, which we will do an episode about that at some point. But her vocals are fantastic. Her vibe, her energy, really, really excellent. I recommend you check out some of the body snatchers music there's something about the female side of all of this that gets overlooked a lot and to hear it from their viewpoint i think is cool and it gives you a new perspective on everything because you're not only hearing what it's like to be an angry disenfranchised dude you're hearing what it's like to be disenfranchised and struggling even more so from a female standpoint and then having to deal with the misogyny and the sexism as well which sexual politics Politics are always incorporated into the ska music. The English beat incorporated the sexual politics of relationships into their music as well as the politics of the world around them. It was all important because Dave Wakeling especially, and if you follow him today, you know how much he is into love and peace and and trying to open up dialogue and respecting and caring about people. And he's really good people.
can get that vibe from him if you follow him along on social media because he really does hold to that ska vibe that they had set out to reach in the early days of Two-Tone and what they were all about as bands. Some of the influences of a movement or a fad don't always show themselves so easily, but you can find a lot of the seeds that have grown into plants in music in the late 80s and 90s and beyond that isn't necessarily 100% ska. And all I would say is its influence continues with a lot of younger musicians and fans. So do what you can to discover some of the music we're talking about here this week. The one that uh, is nearest and dearest to my heart has to be the specials from the exact two-tone universe. There's so much great music that crosses in and out of their little universe. This time. But for you, you you were in music discovery mode. I was in college radio mode. This stuff would come in and i go, oh, it's from Two-Tone? Sure. What's it sound like? I'd listen to it once in queue and then just put it on the air because you knew it was going to be fun. And I had that experience for a while there right in the uh, 798081 wheelhouse with radio before I got into working in commercial radio. It's pretty cool to be there and, and playing it, you know? Having been in radio for the last 30 years, I can only imagine what it's like to be the person on that end to be able to play something to people for the first time having done that on radio but also being a kid with my ears glued to the radio and hearing it for the first time is pretty mind-blowing as well so you're getting two perspectives of that and I can only imagine being handed the record and being like here check this out and then throw something on uh okay well that's college uh, radio <laughs> yep. you know it's still college radio it I is think. it really uh, is I would love to work at a college radio station with the uh, kids and groom them for future radio that would be a lot of fun and I have friends who've done that we have a friend or two yes. who's done that yeah. and they will vouch for that it is a lot of fun yeah. because you're teaching them not only what we've learned but things they need to know to survive in a digital future as well Absolutely. so a lot of neat stuff going on there and always a good time to hang out with you and talk about music that moves us this moved the needle for both of us yeah. it's something we've wanted to do for a while yeah. I don't know if it goes all the way back to our first meeting but I'm pretty sure it came up sometime in the first few months after we started oh it is Easily did. And going back to the specials and their importance, they came on with a blazing fury. And like you said, this music was made to be played live and they sounded good live. And in the dance craze, which they did not have the technology and they did not have what we have today as far as recording goes. And no. you could still feel the energy of the music in a different way, almost in an analog way yep. when you hear it and when you see it. Oh, it's pure analog, man. And There's all kinds of noise yep. in there besides the music. But yep. you get the essence of it and that's important it's funny because that was 1981 in 1980 the specials made their united states appearance played their first show in the united states and they also debuted on saturday night live and played gangster where they give a negative tribute to bernie rhodes
Wow. Yeah, they were very unhappy. He managed them during that tour where they opened up for The Clash, and he helped them get their dress and their style down to a pat. Like, he helped them tweak it and make it uniform. And then something happened along the way because Bernie Rhodes is Bernie Rhodes, and everybody kind of knows who Bernie Rhodes was and what he did. We've and... said it a few times, so I don't think we even have to mention his name anymore. <laughs> hey, but, wait a minute. I but, just got a text from the research department. I thought they were on vacation. No, they're back. Oh, okay. Welcome back. Text says, tell Marcus that we're back, you dummy. Oh, hey, I forgot <laughs> to tell you. They're back. <laughs> hey, guys, did you know that Jerry Dammers was born in Oktamund, Tamil Nadu, South India? Yes. And that his dad's name was Horace. And he also ended up working with a guy named Horace. So very interesting news yeah. and info on and Dammers. His dad was a man of the church, and Jerry dislikes the church very much and was very uh, not into it and rebelled against it. And as soon as he could stop going to the church, he stopped. He was not into the church at mm. all. Where have I heard that story before? Mm, lots and of places. That, oh, the horses, it's time to rock and roll. With the specials, they broke up because Terry Hall wanted a bigger cut of the songwriting royalties, and Jerry Dammers was the majority songwriter, and Terry Hall said, if you do not split the songwriting royalties with everybody evenly, we're leaving. And so he, Neville, and Linville left and formed the Fun Boy 3, which is about the time he co-wrote Our Lips Are Sealed with Jerry Weedland of the Go-Go's. Well, then he got a check on that. Oh, sure. he got a huge check on that, which he still does. Can you hear them talking about us, telling lies? Is that a surprise? Can you see them, see right through them? They have a shield, nothing must be revealed. It doesn't matter what they say. No one listens And then after the Fun Boy 3 did those two quick albums and faded away, he was in a sort of post-punk band called The Color Field, and their only uh, seminal hit was Pushing Up Daisies, and that was a small alternative college radio hit in the late 80s that really didn't do much, and then it faded out from there. And then, of course, 92 on, the specials have had various reunions. So they've had many reunions, and they've reunited many different times for events and things like that, but they did what they did, and they made their... Their mark big in a short period. And that's why we got him up on the imbalanced history of rock and roll, talking about that checkered history of the two-tone revolution. Hey, folks, if you want to add your two cents or your two tones to the conversation, all you got to do is send us an email. It's imbalancedhistory at gmail.com. That's our email address, and you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter. They've never given us the RY, and we've stopped asking them about it. And you can, of course, find us on Facebook. So, but but feel free to reach out and add to the story that we tell every week here on the podcast. Yes, thank you for listening, and please reach out. If we missed anything or we forgot any bands or did not mention anybody who should be mentioned, please let us know. i got to ask you, you've been kind of pent up and ready to rock on this episode for quite some time. Do you feel satisfied, satiated, so to speak? I do. I would like to... Not really. I could definitely talk longer about this and go into more detail about Madness and some of their songs and the English 
Irish beat and some of their songs and even talking a little bit about like a buster blood vessel of bad manners and lip up fatty and some of that stuff, but could end up being a super, super, super long run on conversation. So you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like another episode <laughs> of the imbalanced history of rock and roll. I, honestly, that could just be an episode of favorites where you just talk about your favorite stuff from that time. Mm-hmm. And I could just sit back and hit the bong hard <laughs> and you could do your thing and, and I'll just jump in here and there and do my part, just like I did on this episode, which uh, we are uh, winding down, but, you know, the music never stops. I found some really great playlists for Scott in general on Spotify, and you could probably find them too. So enjoy those. And thanks for indulging us a little bit because this is one of those episodes we both really love and have been wanting to do for a while. And we ran out of things pushing it out of the way. Finally, here we are. It's great. And if you can, also listen to the specials Ghost Town and check out some of these songs. There's so many wonderful, wonderful songs, so much good dance music out there, and just so much wonderful time-changing music. But and don't forget to dance. Yes, don't forget to dance. Anyways, I think it's time to wrap it up. Dude, can I take off the Wayfarers and the pork pie? Because I've been wearing one the whole time. You see this, right, on the video? Yeah, totally. All right, I'm done. I'm going to put that, but I'm going to keep it handy because we're going to do another episode about this. I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus in the Darkest. We're out on this episode, but we'll be back soon on the imbalanced history of rock and roll. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.